Hello and welcome to State of Crime. One state, two murders, lots of crime. All right, so I took the intro from another episode and put it in the beginning of this one because Elena is not here today. So we are joined with, again, with Maria. Hi. And special guest, my dad. Hello. So today, Maria is going to take over Elena's case. So she is going to have the floor for this one. So I'm doing a case that's pretty recent. It happened um, over Thanksgiving into now. Um, yesterday, some new details are, had um, arised, and we'll actually get into that. But this is about Patrick Frazee in um, Woodland Park, Colorado. And he murdered his fiance. So I have not followed this case at all. I've heard the name a lot but I don't really know anything. I do know that there was a, a nurse in Pocatello or something that was in involved. In Twin Falls, yeah. That she, she was an accomplice, and she's actually the reason why we know what happened to Kelsey. Hmm. Um, otherwise, Patrick never would have said a word. But that that's all coming to a quick end for him, so I'm pretty excited to see what's coming next. So to start it off, the day that Kelsey is said to have disappeared... November 22nd, 2018, which was Thanksgiving Day, she was seen on surveillance entering a Safeway with her one-year-old daughter. She was also seen later that afternoon exchanging that same daughter with Patrick at so, her town home. Did the daughter go missing with her, or is it just Kelsey? No, just okay. Kelsey. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she, and that was what started why it was such a big deal, was missing mother, you know, her daughter's at home with the father, and they're trying to look for her, this, that, and the other, hoping that she would just come up and not be gone or dead, I guess. So she had talked to her mom also that day about going to dinner with Patrick and his family for Thanksgiving, had asked her for a recipe, so it was just like a normal day. And that was the last time anybody had heard or seen of her until November 25th when a text was sent from Kelsey's phone to her boss stating that she would be gone for a week. She would not be into work. And she was a flight instructor in Pueblo, Colorado. So that seemed a little odd because she'd never missed work before. She was always very excited to go. So for her to take a week off and not say anything, people thought that was a little out of character. Um, and she also sent a text to Patrick, and that text was, Do you still love me? And that was the last anybody had actually heard from her number. <laughs> so um, by December 2nd, her mother, Cheryl Barrett, had put out a missing persons on her, and that's when it was publicized on CBS and ABC, NBC. It was big. It was huge. It became a story right from there. She had been missing for 15 days at this point. So it took her... It took, it took her mom two weeks. Two weeks of not talking to her to put out a missing person. So by this time, Patrick still hasn't said anything. And that was what kind of arose with the police. Is why hasn't he stepped out and had a concern for her if that was his fiance. Daddy, if you didn't talk to me for two weeks, would you put out a missing persons report or would it take a lot less than two weeks? Well, you rarely text me or call anyway. And that okay. was that was it with her mom is okay. that she just lived a busy lifestyle. So she really didn't think anything of it, but as it reached 10 days. <laughs> so if you want to be searched sooner, start visiting, calling, and... <laughs> Okay. <laughs> so. okay. <laughs> so 
the main concern was kind of put on Patrick for a little while. You know, why haven't you said anything? Why hasn't this been a concern? His counter-argument, which was only through an attorney. So Patrick never, on his own, spoke to police. It was always done through his attorney. That's sketchy. Just to, like, instantly have an attorney ready for it. And my opinion was set the day she went missing. So he had, his counter-argument was that they lived in separate homes, which they did. She had owned her townhome for two years prior to her being murdered. So she had been there for a while. Um, so were they just separated and they just didn't live together or those details came out later to where they were kind of going through like a trial separation where things just weren't working out between the two of them. They were going separate ways, Okay. but they never officially called it off towards any of their family members or anything like that. So that's, that's also kind of weird that they were keeping it. Secret, Secret, but they were not living together, but none of their their family knew that that they were... Right. And nobody thought that was weird because, obviously, she owned her townhome. He owned 35 acres in a neighboring rural area on a ranch. So he owned a 35-acre ranch, which... I don't know about anybody else, but I would have moved on to that ranch. Uh Uh-huh. Screw the town. my townhome or let it rent. Rent it. Make some money. So, but if the things weren't going as planned, I can see why she would stay and not... Continue on to move in. I feel like you got 35 acres. You can make it work. Right. (laughs) They kind of kept their eyes on him. It wasn't until December 21st that he was actually even arrested. Um, But in that meantime, her family was going, you know, going out through media and the news outlets stating that it was just really out of character for Kelsey to be missing like this. Considering that her cars were still home. She, all of her luggage, clothes, nothing had seemed to be packed like she was going anywhere. Um, Her purse was missing. Her gun, she had a license to conceal carry. That was missing. Um, And her phone. So her, her, her phone, her purse, and her gun are all missing. That was it. Everything else was still in the home. The home looked as if. I mean, at first glance, like, nothing had gone wrong. That's so sketchy. And there were cinnamon rolls on the oven that were cold. So, obviously, it was like she had just pulled them out of the oven, set them on the top for them to cool down. They hadn't even been touched. And her husband's trying to say that she just, like, dipped? Dipped. Right. They had exchanged their daughter, and that was the last time that he had seen of her. November 25th was the last time that he had heard from her, from her cell phone, (laughs) through text message. Was he supposed to return the daughter at any time? So that was never clarified. It was just stated that this was a normal routine for them to exchange her throughout the week. So I don't know if she was expecting to get her back or what had happened or if this was even a planned exchange between the two. So, because it was one, a Thursday, and Thanksgiving, from my understanding, when she talked to her mom, she was going with him. That they had plans to go to dinner with his family. Oh, because it was a secret that they weren't right, separated. Right, they weren't separating. So, that that was weird. It did stand out to me that if that exchange was planned, but she was supposed to go with him. Why didn't, why she, didn't go? she go with him? And neighbors did say that they saw his truck there. And that was between the hours of 12 p.m. and 1 p.m. So, that was when he had said the exchange had happened, was he last saw Kelsey at 12.30. And then he took, took okay. the daughter. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's, That's what okay. his claim was. So, but again, she had plans to go with him. So, but he's claiming it was just a normal exchange between the two. 
but her mom obviously argues otherwise. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's what prompted her mother and obviously not hearing from her. So, um, her phone pinged in Gooding, um, on November 25th, they saw that that was the time that her phone was pinging through the area. Well, she has family in Washington and she has family here. So when that had come out that her phone was pinging in the area, they thought, well, maybe she's driving through. Or maybe she was in a car accident on the way through. So obviously that was in effect. There was a search happening for her. But that doesn't make any sense if her cars were at home. Right. So So there was another counter argument that maybe she had taken a plane. But Kelsey didn't know anybody that she could borrow a plane from. And she's never been known to take off without filling out a flight log. Yeah. And not only that, they're not her planes. Do the listeners know where we're broadcasting from? Yeah. Because you said they have family here. She, like in Idaho, in Idaho. just mm-hmm. in like, Idaho. Yeah, yeah, just in Idaho. So she would be passing through the area because they're in northern Idaho. So she would have to pass through, or even to go to Washington, she'd yeah. still have to pass through here. So her phone pinging, gooding that her family because well, gooding's not that far, from right? Her. And it's only thirty-five miles south of yeah. her north, I guess, of Twin Falls is how that would west. But anyway, right. <laughs> anyway, so the authorities began our search here, you know, obviously scouring areas looking for her to see if maybe she was dumped or she's hitchhiking or something, anything at this point to try and find her. Um, December 21st, like I said, they arrested Patrick Frazee on charges of first degree murder of Kelsey Barrett and suspicion of solicitation of murder. Now, my thing degree. is, I have a hard time... With and clearly this is justified because there's more that I don't know that you know. Mm-hmm. But I have a hard time with them arresting him for murder when they have not found any evidence of murder. They don't have any. They don't have a body. They don't have anything for right. anybody to say that she's even dead. See, and that was when they had decided when it was released that Patrick was arrested was the same time that Chief. <clears throat> DeYoung had given out his press conference stating that they had found evidence inside Kelsey's townhome that proved that she was not alive. Or proved for them to believe that she was no longer alive. Do we know what that evidence is? And we will get into that. Okay, because I know. I'm curious. And so now that the nation knew she's been murdered, it's where's her body. So obviously Patrick has 35 acres of a ranch that was then search warrants were issued for them to to search his property. I feel like those they, should have, that should have been one of the first things they did. Exactly. Get so they ended up doing that. They searched his property. They seized his truck. The same truck that was found or seen by a neighbor at Kelsey's townhome on Thanksgiving. And all of this happened in December? Yes. So that's almost, what, a month? This is now a month has gone by. For him to have gotten rid of it. So much evidence. I don't understand why? Because the husband almost always does it. Mm-hmm. So the first thing they should have done when she went missing is get a search warrant for his place and his property because then they would have had all the evidence they needed instead right. of waiting a month and having it to be a longer. Mm-hmm. Right. And it was never clarified when they found the evidence. So it was just, there's no I mean, no telling how long they had kept it quiet yeah. or how long it was hushed. You know, people were in and out of her townhome the day she was reported missing yeah her family was going in and out police were in and out so i mean was the evidence found then or did they have to keep going back 
Or, but if it was found then, wouldn't you think that they would have gotten that? Wouldn't you think they would have gotten that warrant a lot sooner? A lot sooner. Because then they know that evidence is, that, but day by day, evidence is getting cleaned up and washed mm-hmm. away by, if, but on his land, it's weather. Every day Every is day. do something. And this isn't winter. Yeah. So obviously it's snowing, it's raining, it's, I mean, everything's being compromised if it's happening or happened on his property. Yeah. So... Um, they, they seized his pickup, everything like that. They didn't find anything in his truck at the time. So for now, almost a month, it's kept pretty quiet. You know, not a whole lot of details are being released. It's just that he's now in jail. The daughter has gone into custody of Kelsey's parents. They now have Kaylee. Um, his mother's been fighting with them to try and get custody, this, that, and so he's been attending different custody hearings, and that's the only details we get for most of January. Which is normal when right. someone's about to go to trial so, for murder. About the end of the month in January, they have released that a Twin Falls nurse was involved. Now, they didn't release a name. They didn't release any details of how she was involved. My first inclination with her being in Twin Falls is she had the phone. Did she bring Kelsey with her? Did Kelsey come with her here? So then I'm thinking she's in Idaho. Um, February 5th, they finally released what her, who she was, um, Tiffany Kinney. She was a nurse at a Twin Falls hospital. She came forward as an accomplice in destroying evidence, stating that she had, in fact, ditched Kelsey's phone in Gooding. So was she the one that was texting people saying she wasn't going to be at work and then asked Mm -hmm. the husband? That's how they found her. She came forward? She, after, she, then, when she, so she had told a friend who was a psychologist a bunch of details that Patrick was trying, and we'll get into that, that he was trying to, solicitation is what he was charged with for Tiffany. He was trying to get her to murder Kelsey. They were having an affair. And there's details that we get into. They met in high school. Tiffany and Patrick, way back then, they're in their 30s. Patrick's 30 and Tiffany's 32. So they met in high school in Pocatello at a high school rodeo. And that's what kind of began their little love affair. So this has been going on for years. They Mm -hmm. have been back and forth with each other. They started getting serious into an affair in October of 2017. So by this time, if my timing is correct, Kelsey, they had started this right before she got pregnant with his, or, you know, hers and Patrick's daughter. So they're having an affair through this whole time. But you gotta think, it's kind of hard to have a long, like a long distance affair with someone. Right. But she's more than willing to keep going back and forth. And it proves it, that Mm -hmm. she, on multiple occasions, was going back and forth. Well, and if she didn't, if Kelsey didn't live with him anyway, then it's easy. Then it's easy. You know, she's not going to see that she's there. They could have arranged something where, you know, they'll meet up at some other time. So he's got time to spend with Tiffany. And 35 acres to do it on. Exactly. You know. Where Kelsey's more worried about being home in Woodland Park, which is still, I think they said, about 30 miles between the, the two. So it's like not home to Boise. Yeah. Um, so <clears throat> she had entered into a plea deal under the condition that she testifies against Patrick. She agrees to do so. More than willing to do so. So she gives an interview with CBI. And she wasn't at the preliminary hearing, but her details from the interview were discussed, in which I'm about to read them to you. Um, For those of you who don't know what the CBI is, that's a Colorado Bureau of Investigation. Mm -hmm. It's just a state thing. 
Sorry, go ahead. Nope, nope, you're good. Um, so on February 19th was the preliminary. Um, investigators shared details. Um, she was never physically there, so this is all just what they had taken from basically like her confession mm -hmm. for her being involved. Um, she did identify Patrick as Kelsey's murderer, that he did indeed do it. Um, between the months of September and November, he was asking Tiffany to kill her on three different occasions. Did she have proof of this? She did not, but she provided details of each occasion. So, she said that Patrick, the reason for all of this was that Patrick claimed Kelsey to be an unfit mother. He said that she was abusing their child, that she had burnt her with a curling iron, but there was never, everything was unfounded. Um, he claims to have reported her to child enforcement. That was unfounded. There's no details of a case ever opening and or starting on Kelsey um, for alleged abuse. And there's no evidence on their child of any burns, any, any kind of physical abuse. Um, which her mother then again argues, stating that no, she was in fact a great mother. And that's what really stood out. She would never leave her daughter. I think it's funny when people try to call, uh, when like, like this man, Patrick is trying to call Kelsey an unfit mother, but he's the one that just like killed this girl. Like he, right. Like you're any, like you're any more fit than even if she was abusing the daughter, like you're any more fit if you're going to murder, murder somebody. Or try to get somebody else to murder yeah. so that you can sit back, you know? Yeah. In September, there's no clear date, but it was the first count of solicitation that Patrick wanted Tiffany to pick up one of Kelsey's favorite drinks from Starbucks. It was a mocha drink and wanted her to drug it and then give it to Kelsey posing as like a neighbor in the neighborhood or something. Um, as Tiffany is driving this coffee to Kelsey, she did not drug it. She said that she couldn't do it. She couldn't bring herself to do it. She did present a coffee to Kelsey, but and did pose as a, a new neighbor in the area and wanted to introduce herself, but the coffee was not drugged. So she told Patrick this, and he was mad. She said that he was extremely pissed, that he was unhappy with her decision to not drug the coffee. So he told her that she had other chances and that she was going to do it. So October 15th, he instructed Tiffany to come back to Colorado for a visit, which she does. He gives her a metal pipe and tells her that she needs to approach Kelsey, hit her in the back of the head, and ditch her body in a nearby dumpster. She goes to Kelsey's townhome in the middle of the night and is startled by a barking dog from a neighbor and can't do it. Drives away. Goes back to Patrick's house, leaves the pipe, tells him, I can't do this. He again is pissed and tells her, no, you have another chance and we're going to get this done and tells her, you are in it until the end, is what he tells her. Those are her words. It's what she gives to the to CBI, that he had said to her. So they asked her, you know, why, why did you keep doing this? Why, you know, you obviously couldn't do it. Why do you keep thinking that you're going to? She claims that she was in love with him, but she also feared him with his behavior and his attitude towards Kelsey. And he had made a statement to Tiffany that she claims he did about her daughter, stating that children go missing from parks all the time. So it had her thinking that maybe he had done something like this before if he was so adamant and using threats against her child to get her to do something. So she just stated that she wanted to please him. So all she wanted to do was just to keep him happy. 
So a week after October 15th, that about a week, give or take a couple days, um, she returns with a baseball bat after Patrick had instructed her to do so. Um, he wanted her to beat Kelsey with a baseball bat. She couldn't do it. She left it at his house and told him, if, this, if you want to do this, you're going to have to do it on your own. And then he tells her, I'm going to have to do it by myself then, if you're not going to do it. So November 3rd, he had asked Tiffany to come back to Colorado. She said no. She declined on the offer, said that she had to work, she couldn't leave. Um, he left it at that. She then claims that November 21st, he called her again and asked her what her plans were for Thanksgiving. Um, it's I didn't really see anything or there was no clear indication of what she had answered to him. But on November 22nd, he called and said these exact words that she had given. You need to get here now. You have a mess to clean up. And that was November 22nd, Thanksgiving Day. And this call was brought in at about 2 p.m. Hmm. So his alleged exchange with Kelsey happened at 12.30 p.m. So <clears throat> Tiffany said that Patrick then gave her details on what he had done. He said that he had tied a sweater around Kelsey's face to play a scent guessing game with some candles that he had brought over. So he had blindfolded her, and that's when he struck her with a baseball bat. Um, he then took her body and put it in a black tote bag and put it in the back of his pickup. Um, nearby business surveillance footage did confirm that there was a black tote in the back of his pickup, and his daughter was also inside the cab of the pickup. That's my question is, when he kills Kelsey, where is their daughter? In a playpen in the back bedroom. Okay. Mm -hmm. So that right there kind of tells me that I don't think this exchange was planned either that or he placed the daughter back there before he did what he did. But at the same time, if he was going in and playing a scent guessing game, I'm believing that Kelsey's probably thinking they're going to go to dinner. Yeah. She's probably back, was taking a nap or something. And that was when he used his opportunity. Hmm. So November 23rd, Tiffany drives to Colorado, and she's equipped with rubber gloves, a hairnet, some booties for her shoes, two trash bags, and a couple bottles of bleach. She said that Patrick tried to get her to take Kelsey's body back to Idaho, and she declined. She would not do it. Um, she said that when, and he wanted her to take the gun, so that's where the gun comes into play. He had taken the gun. He wanted her to take it back and pose Kelsey's death as a suicide. He beat her with a baseball bat. Right. How is she? <laughs> oh, right. People are so dumb. And so bad that he had knocked a tooth out and had told Tiffany that she needed to find it. Because he knew it was missing, but he didn't know where it was. And so she was, needed to find it. Was that the evidence that they found in the home? Kelsey did find it. Oh. Or, I'm not, I'm sorry, not Kelsey. Tiffany did find Kelsey's tooth and she disposed of it. Well, she also disposed baby toys that were covered in blood, clothes, a couple couch pillows, um, and some dishes in the kitchen she had disposed of as well. So she watered it and hold all the blood in. Mm -mm. And she said that she purposely left evidence for them to find. Was that evidence found? 
Yeah, so that was... That was the evidence That was the evidence they said. Mm-hmm. Which was what? So, she did describe the scene as horrific upon entering Kelsey's home. She said that it had taken her about four to five hours to clean it. She... The details that were released by the CBI of what they had found in Kelsey's home. So, Tiffany did clean the house. Uh, the scent of bleach is what took them at first when they had entered the home. It smelled... Like, somebody had obviously tried to clean it up. Um, they found blood under the floorboards in the living room, which a couple drops had led them to then pull some up and search underneath. They had found blood on the refrigerator, but it had obviously been wiped down that they could tell that she had tried to clean it. Um, they found blood splatter on a baby gate, and she didn't even touch the bathroom. They had found... Um, they found blood on... The toilet, the doorknob, the floor, the exterior of the tub, the vanity um, beneath the trash can, inside the light fixture, um, on a towel rack, on the hinges on the door, and on the walls. Now, where did that blood come from? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. If she, if she got... So that is where the CBI then said that is where they believe a struggle had ensued. So they believe it started in the living room, migrated to the kitchen, and migrated so to the So she bathroom. ran from him ran. while he was trying to beat the oh. shit out of her. But I thought he put a sweater around her. He had blindfolded her. And and then struck her. her. So she didn't die instantly. She got up and ran. Mm -hmm. That's what we're getting from this. And that's where they believe. That's why the blood was all over. Yes. Gotcha. Because in my mind, it was just in one room. And at first, when all of this was released, that's what I was getting from it. Is that he struck her and she'd gone down and he just continued. No. They had released. And this is pretty new, these details. That... There was struggle inside the home. So obviously these are things that they've been kind of keeping and, and trying to gain more evidence for. And they're mm-hmm. still not done. Um, but back to what happened with Kelsey. So inside that tote bag, Patrick had then taken her body, removed it from his truck, placed it on a haystack on his property, taken his daughter and gone to dinner. Where family members say he had acted like it's just a normal day. Obviously, just Thanksgiving, but a normal day for him. Nothing seemed out of the ordinary. Nothing, you know, it was just worse. Kelsey, oh, it was, she's, you know, at work. So she was burned on his property. Is that where the body was found? So they still have not found her body. And that is because Tiffany had released the detail in this interview that when, on November 23rd, she had gone with Patrick that night, they had taken Kelsey's body from the haystack, taken it over, put it inside a metal trough, cover her with oil, gasoline, and some wood, and set her on fire. Tiffany said that as the tote bag was melting, she could see what looked like the outline of her body, but by then it it was too late to try and pull her out. Um, She was covered in in gasoline accelerants, so it was going pretty fast. Did they Um, find evidence of a fire? So they did not. It was inside his trough which they have not found, or I don't have details of them ever recovering this trough. But Tiffany said that once it was done, that her body was burned, he scooped up her remains, and it is unclear on whether he had dumped them at the dump or he had dumped them in the river. So either she's floating in the Colorado River or she's sitting in a landfill that the CBI is currently combing through as we speak. And this has been going on for about three weeks. It's... I have a hard time believing they're going to find anything. 
Because this was in this was Thanksgiving and mm-hmm. it's now April. Like they're not gonna find any of her remains. No. They found remains from prehistoric men, people. Yeah, well, if there's any bones left, the the fire is not gonna incinerate all the bones. Mm-hmm. You're gonna have to put it in an incinerator where people get cremated. There's gonna be some evidence. Mm-hmm. Now, so that's what if, if it was for. if the remains were dumped in a river, sure they could be washed away. And it yeah. If they're in a landfill, it's kind of isolated. They're mm-hmm. probably sifting through it like you're sifting through and gold. The, yes, that's and what they're, they're doing. They're gonna right find now. some evidence. Hopefully. So now they are saying that there is evidence that is currently being tested right now. It's unclear what that evidence is, but that is what pushed his arraignment yesterday to May twenty fourth. Is that both sides had agreed that they can't move forward right now because they're still testing evidence that has been found. So the only thing that was released is that some of it is blood. Now, whether that's the blood that they have found under the floorboards or in her home, or if this is new evidence that they may be found inside of his truck, because that was seized. But there was no details of what they had found inside. They just said that his property was clear. They Even if they find anything. no remains, I think there's enough circumstantial evidence right now yes. with, well, one, an eyewitness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To, yes. to, not to the murder, but to at least disposing the body. Yes. And... Admitting to the murder, mm-hmm. blood in his apartment, and yeah. whatever they found in the truck. Right. Surveillance video proving, proving. she said there's a tote in the back. Of yes, the truck. which yeah. that is said to have Kelsey's body in it. Mm-hmm. So the timeline matches. Everything is lining up. Patrick did it. He did it on Thanksgiving Day at that alleged exchange. Because he's saying that that exchange happened at 12:30. The neighbor said that the truck was there between the hours of 12 and 1. Patrick then made the call to Tiffany at 2 p.m., stating, you have a mess to clean up. Get here now. Which, and she didn't get there until the next day, until right? Until the next day. I feel like that's kind of really stupid on his part to leave, leave. the crime scene for as long as he did, because that's probably how the blood got through the floorboards. Mm-hmm. And he should have cleaned it up himself. Yeah. Right. He should. I mean, he shouldn't have killed her in and the first place. And that's why, well, okay, out sure. of spite, he's going to punish Tiffany. You're going to come and clean because up my she mess couldn't, because, because she couldn't kill her. Do it. Yeah. And that was what it was. I mean, that's exactly what he said. You're in it till the end. So he then is going to tell her, well, you're going to clean up my mess because you couldn't kill her the first three times I wanted you to. Um, so as of right now, he's being held on no bond and it's been that way. Mm-hmm. Um, he's being charged with two counts of first degree murder, mur- first degree murder under different theories. They still don't have a motive. So, but my don't I, I, have a motive. They don't. That he has not given them a motive. Custody. But I mean, it's pretty yeah. clear, yeah. right? Custody is he wanted their daughter. It, in my opinion, it's about control. He obviously couldn't have Kelsey move in with him. He couldn't have her all the time. He was going to then have something that he could have all the time. And he had control over that situation. It's pretty apparent he had control. Yeah. I mean, Tiffany, terrified of him, in love with him, quote-unquote, you know, wanting to please him. He knew that. Now, please tell me. I know she took a plea deal in order to, like, to give information up and to testify against him. Please don't tell me that that just means she's not being charged with anything. Oh, no. She's being charged. And she'll she'll face up to three years in prison, they say. Now, I think that's 
lenient because, I mean, she still cleaned it up. Whether or not she left evidence for them to find, why didn't she come forward? She could have done it that day. On the very... Why didn't she come forward when he was trying to solicit her the first time? It wasn't until after she had returned back to Idaho that she had said anything to anybody. Yeah. I mean, a neighbor had kind of an inclination when she was talking about her boyfriend being kind of, you know, you know, he's a little on edge, he's a little this, he's a little that. So they had a feeling that maybe she was in not a very good relationship. But it wasn't until after Kelsey was already dead and she had cleaned it up that she'd even said anything to anybody about the solicitation, let alone him actually doing it, her cleaning it up. Yeah, she definitely... I don't care how scared you are of somebody. First of all, you live in a different state. I feel like you have enough... That, and if you have enough evidence, if he... Record a phone call if it's not over text message. Do something and, and call the cops. There, I mean, like, there's... They went as far, and this is this is the thing, is that... And I didn't put that in here, but they went as far as texting for a while on Kelsey's phone. Like, this wasn't just November 25th. That's the only thing that was released up until her interview. And she's telling them that they carry this on to sweep up the tracks that Kelsey was still alive. They were using her cell phone, calling each other, texting each other, and obviously the texts were posed as Kelsey, and that's where the do you still love me. What happened to the cell phone, did you mention? It they, it was recovered. They found it. They have it. I don't there was no other details. I think they're gonna probably use it in court. I think that's why there's not a whole lot on it. I remember that on that news saying that they found the cell phone in Idaho and it was a that was smart. So she kept it. Mm-hmm. And then when she came forward. Now, did she come forward or did they find her and sh- then she decided So, to... I believe that there was some inclination because... I, And I can't be too sure if Patrick had maybe said something about an affair or if they had just taken that. Because I think that when they had seized his property, was searching his property... And his truck was seized. I think they had checked his cell phone records, things like that, and had linked it to her. Her. And then when they went to talk to her, then the she comes forward. The time frames and everything. Yes, she then comes okay. forward when she's... So she didn't that's just... when it was released that an Idaho nurse was found to be involved. But yeah. they didn't give her name, they didn't give any other details. It was literally like a two-sentence report that was given out. Yeah, so she still didn't, like, come forward and say something. She waited for them to waited. come to her. And that's, that one didn't make sense. That she's, she said that she'd taken the cell phone and kept it for so long because she she wanted them to find her. She wanted them to come to her. Yeah. And she left the evidence because she wanted them to come to her. Okay, but if you didn't leave anything other than you being linked to Patrick, how would they even know you were involved? So, I mean, I think that honestly she's blowing smoke out of her ass to try and cover her own um, to get a lenient sentence. She obviously entered in that plea deal to testify against him, which she was more than willing to do. So, and she did. She was in a hearing where she then pointed him out face to face where Patrick was seen with his head held down looking at the floor. Of course he was. Right. It's a, it's a defense thing. It's a normal, thing. right. So, um, after... May 24th, after his arraignment, the DA's office will have nine weeks to determine whether or not he will receive the death penalty. So, fingers crossed. I don't see it happening, It's but at the same time, we can only hope. He'll probably take some sort of plea deal to get it off the table. Which, that is out there. That it is, there is word going around that he will probably enter into some sort of plea deal. I don't know what that is, but I think it's kind of bullshit, to say the least, that he's even allowed 
to enter on a plea deal, it's obvious he did it. Yeah, they, I think they definitely have enough evidence against him that... And, as my lovely daughter pointed out, the husband almost always does it. Right. Yeah. Right. So that leads me to a question. If your mother disappeared <laughs> and ended up dead, would you automatically think I did it? I guess I kind of... Yeah, probably. Because the husband always does it? Almost always. Well, I mean, we'd have to take you into consideration. We could never... And, you know, You're always a suspect. The, the significant That's other... stereotyping. The significant other... And this is statistics. The significant other is always... The prime suspect. Okay, you threw the worst statistics in there, so I'll buy that one. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> but no, see, this, cases like this... Now, there's another podcast. I haven't listened to it in a while. And they um, have made this If I Go Missing folder. It's the best idea. You're going to actually have to do it because I already have one at home. Oh, okay. And it basically is all of your information, your family, your close friends, all of the information that they need, any medical record, well, medical stuff, like allergies and stuff like that. It also has, like, your routes to work, your routes to school, any of, like, your normal routine things. It's got, you put, like, your Facebook login information in it, your bank login information, your phone login information. What is this going into? It's a folder that you'll keep with you at your house and you let at least one other trusted person know where it's at so that if you go missing... A lot of this stuff that's in there, police need warrants, and it takes days and days and days Whereas to get the information. They just have But it. if they have the information, then it goes through like a lot Passwords, faster. like written down mm -hmm. passwords. Yep. Now, um, so then it's, because like, especially with like bank account information, it police have to get a warrant for it, and then the banks have to go through and process everything and get all the information. Where which in is that take, time, somebody could be taking money out, or, or it, yeah, or you could already be dead at this point. And I have it like written in mine. It was like I will never actually like willingly leave without my child. So like if someone says I ran off, they are lying. Yes, <laughs> like it's written in words that because I. I'm terrified. I've already almost gotten kidnapped once. And so, like, after that, I'm like, this is not happening. If I... Have you not heard that story? Have I almost got you? kidnapped? Yeah. Have you, did I not tell you about that? No. I mean, our listeners don't know about it yet, and we got a little bit of time. Do you want to hear the story? I know your sister Liz almost got kidnapped at SeaWorld. I remember that. That was scary. I was there for that. She, We were all really young, and she was on the end of the line of us in this, like... Uh, it was a foreign couple. I don't remember where they were from, but they had come and the guy just like grabbed my sister's arm and just started like walking away with her. And she was like so terrified she couldn't like scream or anything. It was so, it was, yeah, it was scary. But no, this was in November, October of this last year. Oh, just recent. Yeah, this was recent. And... A group of friends and I, they had, like, this firefighter street dance thing over at, at, at one of the bars in town. And we had gone out, and everybody else was super drunk. I was not, but I was... I had so drink. she says? No, I was super sober, and I was actually kind of mad about it. Super I, sober? I was... <laughs> I, sober. For the amount of alcohol I had drank, I felt super sober, and... So, I was too drunk to have been driving, and I didn't have my car anyway. Your mother once said she drank herself sober. Is it the same theory? 
don't understand that theory. Maybe. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. So I didn't have my car anyway because I don't take my car to the bar. But I started walking home by myself, which isn't weird. I've done it before. And I normally make sure that I route my way home to where I pass people's houses that I know. Because, because of this whole true crime thing, I'm paranoid. And so I start walking home. And I pass between one of the schools and the sheriff's department. And I'm walking and a truck passes me and pulls into a gas station. Whatever. I don't think anything of it. And he had left the gas station and drove back past me. Again, it's bars are about to close. It doesn't make, it doesn't like cross my mind about it being anything weird. Until he flips around and passes me again and stops at that stop sign and just waits. And so I instantly, like, start panicking a little and just start, I'm, like, trying to pay more attention to my surroundings. And I cut through a parking lot to, like, avoid him. And I go to cross the street. And he had turned as I was crossing the parking lot, crosses the street, and then pulls over next to the crosswalk and just sits there. And he's on the opposite side of the road that I'm walking on. So I then go to cross the street, and as I'm crossing the street, he flipped around again and is parked facing directly at me where I'd be walking by. So I then immediately, at this point, I'm having like a full-on panic attack. And so I had crossed to the other side of the street again because I'm terrified, and a friend of mine's house is right there. Like, I can see it. And so in my mind, it's like, all I have to do is get to his house and I will be fine. And so I had avoided him again and I'm walking. I'm like speed walking. I'm surprised I wasn't running at this point. But he had let me walk a while before he flipped around again and parked next to the library and just waited. Now, had I not been able to stop at that house, I'd have had to pass him. But I was able to, like, very aggressively, almost, like, police-style bang on the door. <laughs> it was terrifying. So you call that almost being kidnapped? Yes. Maybe. Would you have called that Maybe almost being kidnapped? Maybe the guy wanted to talk to you, ask you on a date or something. He was just really shy, and he's trying to get his nerves up. It is almost <laughs> 2 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> I am by myself in the middle of the night. Walking, that's not the time. I, nor I don't call that being way. almost kidnapped. I, I call that being almost stalked. She was being stalked, maybe harassed, intimidated. I, I mean, I've had a similar situation. Followed. I, maybe I, almost murdered. Maybe he was just going to kill you, not kidnap you. He'd have, I mean. I mean, he. Almost being kidnapped is like your sister at SeaWorld being <laughs> taken and we stopped the kidnapping. But. <laughs> I feel like that would technically be kidnapping because they grabbed her and they left. They vacated the area. <laughs> but ha I feel, I fully in my heart feel like had I passed his truck while he was sitting next to the library, I'm fully convinced that I've been kidnapped. Fully. Like somebody would have by now. Yeah. If you're that terrified, and I can only assume you had your cell phone on you because since you were like 12 and that lost, left your side... Why don't you dial 911? Because, one, panic attack. All I was really worried about was getting to the house and breathing. And two, statistically, which now you have to believe it because statistically, um, 
kidnappers and things like that, they target people who are on their phones because they're distracted. And I... Well, you were already targeted. <laughs> yeah, so sure. but now pull your phone out, call 911, unless you didn't want to get charged with public intoxication. I wasn't that drunk. Oh, okay. Right. Wait, you weren't that drunk. I was so I was sober. Like, I felt a, a little so while ago, sober. you were super sober, but now it went to, I wasn't that drunk. You hear that, ladies and gentlemen, in the audience? I felt super sober, which was annoying because I, I did drink a lot that night, but you I. You drank you yourself just, sober. That is what it means to drink yourself sober. <laughs> you did drink a lot, but I felt sober. <laughs> That's how people get DUIs and kidnapped walking home. Amen. <laughs> well, at least I don't take my car to the bar. And I also... That is good. I'm very proud of you for that. I have only walked home. First of all, I don't really go out to the bar anymore, partially because of that reason. And I've only walked home once since then. And I had a panic attack about halfway home and had to call somebody to come pick me up. Call Uber. We don't, we have Uber, the only Uber we have in town quits at like 10. <laughs> he doesn't put his head in about 10. But yeah, the if I go missing folder is great. And I think it's a great idea. Especially since you got kids and like a husband, you should probably do that. Yeah. I'll send yeah. you the link to it. That, that, that might be helpful. But just it's cool because you don't have to like figure any of it out. It's just all printed. You just fill it in. It's Heck cool. Yeah. Send it to me. I'll do it. But yeah, that's one of the things is because I'm terrified that if I get kidnapped, well, people are just going to be like, oh, she just probably went somewhere. Can you identify right. this truck he was in? Kind of, yeah. And I don't say it was like blue. No, I can give you a color, a make, and some characteristics about it, but I cannot give you a license plate or any of that. Speaking of your sister, Alyssa, the one that was almost kidnapped at SeaWorld, mm -hmm. I don't know. She was... Back when y'all were in high school, she uh, something happened. She identified something, and I said, "Hey, can, did you see what kind of car it was?" She said, "Yes." And I so when it come time to ask her, I said, "What kind of car was it?" She said, "It was a blue one." <laughs> did she ever tell you about us picking up a hitchhiker? I'm hearing all kind of new stories on this. Never, never pick up hitchhikers. What what did I say? Never pick up hitchhikers, and always check your oil. Okay, so, <laughs> granted, I was not driving, and I told her, because I've always been, this whole stranger danger thing has always been my thing, since I was a kid. Mm. I've always been about strange danger. Had a creepy neighbor, and that's cute. what started it. I didn't do it, it was her, and I told her, do not pick him up, this is how we get killed. And she didn't listen to me, and she picked him up anyway, and we drove him up to Bogus. We were in Boise already, and she picked him up, and we drove him up to Bogus, and I was terrified, because he was sitting directly behind me. Yeah, it was scary. I'm surprised that you told not know about that. Well, it's what happened when you don't say it. Oh, you didn't tell me about that? I think I thought... How, wait, how old were y'all? Um... I think they had already graduated. Okay, so we had your bus still in school. I think I, I think I was still in high school when it happened. Oh my goodness. I don't remember why we were in Boise. And I think she was driving one of her boyfriend's cars because I don't think either of them. One of her boyfriend's cars? How many she, boyfriends did she have at the time? I'm pretty sure just the one, but who knows? <laughs> but I don't remember either of them having a goldish little car. That reminds me, I saw it. It's in a movie uh, somewhere, and some someone in the audience might have seen it. 
they're driving down the road and there's a bunch of friends in a car and there's a girl walking down the road. So they're going to pick her up. And one of the guys in the back seat's like, no, no, don't, don't pick anyone up. That's how murders happen. This is the beginning of a story of a, a murder. And, and the guy in the front seat said, yeah, it's also the, some beginnings of pornos. <laughs> Sometimes both. I mean, I mean you got some weirdos out there. <laughs> you sure do. Alright, well that was fun. That was. That was a good one. I'm pretty excited to see what happens after this film. I've been I following would, this case like crazy though since it, it started. I would also really like you to come back with a solved case. You know, something where somebody's already been <laughs> already been charged with something and <laughs> has a sentence. You know that today. Nice. I know my last one is still ongoing too. That happened. 29th, so I'll I'll get back to you guys on that one too. Yeah, you'll definitely have to come back for that one because that one was whew, but matching kind of the same. I mean, like just at least you stick to the same type of. I mean, murder and husbands, man. <laughs> so if anything ever happens to me, I know your husband. Okay. So <laughs> you would never. I would never let that happen. <laughs> I would know. All right, so on Thursday's episode, my dad and I have both done some research on a case that I thought I found and I figured he'd like it because like beer and murder so that'll happen on Thursday and make sure you follow us on Facebook Instagram Twitter uh, we have a discussion page mm -hmm. if you want to join that and come chit chat with us and if you have any suggestions on states and cases and stuff send it to stateofcrimepodcast at gmail.com all right well thanks for listening <laughs>